faithful and we're part of our services as we're, we're able to. You know, there's a myriad of things that we could talk about, obviously, in the Word of God, and there's many things that, you know, sometimes we tend to, tend to focus on as far as, you know, series and all of that. Someone was commenting with me this week that he said, when, when, I, first, when I first came, he asked, you know, how long do your series go? And I said, oh, typically three weeks. And I said, how, and he asked, how long's the, the series in Ruth? And I said, well, it's our eighth week, all right, so. So sometimes it's three, sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's one. But I think every, every time we open the Word of God, it ought to reflect, and we ought to cast our minds on the Lord Jesus. And, you know, you, you read through his life, you, it amazes me always, his manner with people. And you think about his, uh, his time with uh, the woman there at the well as he needs go to Samaria. He took the time to, to sit with her, to talk with her. You think about uh, the, the, those blind that uh, he touched. And you think about the, the different conversations that the Lord Jesus had. And, and yet we see this one. And you understand that the Lord Jesus is perfect, 100% man, 100% God, and you, you look at his, um, you look at all that he is, and yet it's in his most vulnerable time that I think we can show and we can see his, his great character and nature. And all of us here, we, we sometimes can sort of get focused in on the different characteristics of different characters in the Bible. But we don't always just sit and just think about the Lord Jesus and, and who he is. And, and the fact is, tonight, as we look into the scriptures here, it's going to be a familiar story, and perhaps even just, it's pretty simple tonight. But we just want to focus on the Lord. And as we get into this time where we're going to observe the Lord's Supper, I think it's important for us to remember who he is and, and all of his nature. And we're going to learn again a couple of things here. Let's all stand. We're going to open our Bibles and follow along with me if you can, if you're able to. And we'll start reading and following along in verse 32. So Luke 23, verse 32. And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand, on the other on the left, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. 
And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, thankful, Lord, again for our time tonight. And Lord, as we prepare ourselves to, Lord, remember you, help us, Lord, to be reminded about your nature and your character. And tonight, just be reminded of the great sacrifice that you, uh, Lord, you were placed on, you placed your, on yourself on the cross of Calvary. And we're glad tonight that we're really the, the recipients of that, the benefactors really of Lord, your willing sacrifice, and I pray that, Lord, we would just honor you with, with our attention, and then, Lord, with our rejoicing in who you are. And we're thankful, Lord, tonight that we can remember you, we can have this time, and we're glad for it in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated. Appreciate you standing in honor of God's word. And, and again, we see here Jesus on the cross, and he's already gone through the great the great, uh, the great punishment he's gone through. He's already borne his cross. He's already gone through the, the uh, crown of thorns. He's already gone through the, the whippings and all of that, that entailed him taking on really the, the, the place that he's at hanging on the cross. And we find him here in, in really in his most vulnerable situation. And yet what we find about the Lord Jesus was he didn't excuse himself in, in all of his, his, his agony. You know, sometimes when we're going through a difficult situation ourselves, we can sort of excuse ourselves and we can say, you know, that's not, that's, that doesn't follow with our character. And, and yet what we understand about the Lord was even in his most agonizing, his character remained true and right. In all of that, he, he followed who he was and, and who he ultimately is to us. And, and we're going to find a couple of things here just really quickly tonight as we, we think about, again, the Lord Jesus and his character. And, and in, in his conversation, the, we find these things as he just speaks to one of those thieves. You know, he, he's, he was there in, uh, in the middle, and, and there was one on his right hand, one on his left, and as they hung there, as it was the Roman custom of the day, the great, this great punishment, um, he took the time to, to listen in even and, and, and even show a little bit of compassion on, on, those, on that one that had that conversation with him. And what we find firstly in verses 39 to 40, and one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself. And so there was one that, that really just went with the crowd a little bit. We read earlier that there were those who were soldiers and there were those standing around mocking him saying, you know, uh, he's saying he can save us, so how about he saves himself? And he talks through that and, and, and he perhaps overhears that in his pain and he just goes along and he says the same thing in verse 39. He says, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. And what, a, what, a, uh, what an arrogant challenge that this, this one presented the Lord Jesus, you know, right there in, in his own, in just punishment, he accuses the Christ of, of not having the ability to save himself and then to go beyond that, to even save those that he was, he was with right there, the other two on the cross. And, and yet in verse 40, notice what he says, uh, the, the other uh, thief says, but the other answering rebuked him saying, dost 
not thou fear God? Seeing thou art in the same condemnation. He says we're, we're, we're in the same punishment. But notice what he says, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And what we find is the Lord Jesus was silent right here. The Lord Jesus didn't answer back. He didn't, he didn't excuse his, himself in, in the pain that he was going through to rail on this man. He just listened and he was silent in all of it. And we observe that later on he chooses to speak with one and chooses not to speak to the other. And what we find firstly as we think about our, our Savior's character is just his wisdom. We, we just see his wisdom and how he, he, he deals in a situation with people. And, and, you know, he chose not to respond firstly to the one railing, railing on him. And, and again, this was Jesus' pattern to those who were his accusers, to those who were at times his railers. And in fact, in 1 Peter 2.23, the Bible says this, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committing himself to him that judgeth righteously. You know, he understood that that one thief who was accusing him and those around him, he even said in verse 34, forgive them for they do not what they do. You imagine the, the God of heaven in all of, his, in all of his might and power. We're going to see Jesus' power in a little while, but in his wisdom, he chose not to respond. They weren't his judge. He ultimately had a judge in God. And he understood where he, he stood with the Lord. And, 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 and we see that he reviled not again, and he chose not to respond to the one railing on him. But then he also, through his wisdom, he saw the humility of the one seeking him. But the other, the Bible says, answering. He rebuked the other thief. Don't you fear God? We're in the same situation here. We're hanging on the cross. And the difference, though, he expounds in verse 41. We indeed justly. And we see that one showed humility. He showed humility. And Jesus was willing to look at this man and look at his, his humility and, and look at his confession. And he, he didn't judge him based on his current situation. Jesus didn't look at him and say, you deserve this. No, he silently, he just let, let the conversation play out. And as, as he was confessing really his guilt, Jesus understood that he was showing some great humility here. He didn't judge him based on his past and he didn't judge him based on his, uh, his current punishment. And what, what he understood was this man desired forgiveness. You know, the, the great... The great joy we know from this story is that actually Jesus does forgive this man. And aren't you glad that this, it's never ever really too late with God? You know, that's why it's so important as we have loved ones and we're, if we're able to sit with them and, and, and maybe if one last opportunity to just give them the, uh, an opportunity to call out. And I don't know if you've ever been at the, at the deathbed of a, of, a, of a friend or a loved one and You've spoken to them, and maybe in the, in, in the, in the struggle of them to breathe, they somewhat call out or somewhat indicate that it's now the time. And, and yet we know of those who, even at the very last grasp of life, they still refuse. And what we find here is, is that this man, really in the very last moments, he understood his guilt before a holy God. 
And he understood that he needed to be forgiven. And Jesus, in his wisdom, he sees the humility of this one seeking him. And he comforts him. He comforts him in his time of need. We see later on, he, the Lord, he says unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus just simply responds. He says, verily I say unto thee, truly, he says, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And right there, Jesus' wisdom to know exactly what to say. You know, have you ever been around people in, in their agony as they're, they're, they're sort of just trying to figure out how things are happening? There's sometimes we just don't know what to say, do we? Sometimes in their own struggle, they're, they're just talking through their own situation. And it's interesting to me that Jesus just silently listens and, and allows this to play out. And just, he just simply responds to assure him. And you know, when we, we seek the Lord, in his wisdom, he just knows what to say to us. You know, sometimes we're, we're just in the right place in the word of God to, to just know that he's comforting us. To just know that he knows. To just know that actually he knows our pain and our sorrow. To know that actually he, in his wisdom, can, can give us the answer that we need and the comfort that we need. And what we see is Jesus assures him. He comforts him in his time of need. And, and the, the, that the truth of the matter is, was this man was in a great deal of pain. He, he was in, a, in a, a difficult situation, but Jesus was also in a difficult situation. And I think sometimes when we're going through life, we're going through our own situations. We don't always know what to say, but the Lord Jesus knows. And he just simply tells him, truly, I say unto thee. And he had the, the, the ability, the Lord Jesus did, to, to feel compassion even in his own hurt to those who were hurting right there. And I'm glad for that. You know, the, the Bible tells us a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. It just fits. And, and you know, I, I, I think all of us here, we would do well to, to be like Christ and even as we navigate through our own hurts and our own sorrows, just have the, the wisdom to know by, by His grace just what to say to others. And we see firstly, as we observe the Lord Jesus tonight, that we see His wisdom. But then, as we've alluded to already, we see His mercy. And what we find is the Lord Jesus, He affirmed the man's repentance. And this man, He already admitted it, we indeed justly. This man wasn't trying to justify himself. He was already understanding that the punishment they were going through, they deserved it. He was deserving of the consequence of his sin. And he's saying, we indeed justly, and we, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He observed in the Lord Jesus that actually in the sum, great summary of it all, he did nothing wrong. And, and I'm glad that we have a Savior who is a Savior. He's able and he's willing because he did nothing wrong. He was sinless. And yet what he, we find here is the Lord Jesus, he affirmed, affirmed the man's repentance. The man admitted guilt and turned to Christ for forgiveness. And Jesus' mercy upon us who are of like guilt, that's salvation. And that's grace. It's mercy. He forgave this man's history and, and all of it in one moment of time was cleared away. And aren't you glad for that? 
you know, for some of us, maybe you're like me, you got saved at a young age, and you, you might wonder what God saved you from. Hey, listen, God probably, he saved you f- from a life long full of guilt. <laughs> and, and maybe there's those things that you avoided uh, just because you just knew Christ at a young age. But there are those who got saved later on in life. And, and I want to reassure you that in his mercy, he cleared your record. <laughs> you're, you're new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you, 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 you can somewhat see that this man's history was checkered. This man's history ended up costing him his life right there, the punishment of a, of, of a life of crime. And yet in a moment, Jesus cleared it all. And that's what we have, actually. You know, we have a God who is good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy, the Bible tells us. And, you know, sometimes we can, we can forget just the great mercy of God. We hold on to our guilt and shame. And, and we understand that in that moment of sin, we ought to feel a sense of shame. We ought to still feel the pain of, of sin. But, you know, the, the reality of the cross is this. He cleared that all away. We're going to have to hold it onto. We were new creatures, and he forgave the man's history. And then he assured the man of his destination. He says, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And we understand that, that, the, that the Lord Jesus eventually is really referring to the fact that he's going to be with him, he's going to be in heaven. And we understand that, that all of us here, we have a, a sure destination. If you're saved here tonight, you know, you're saved from your past, present, and future sins. And because of that, we've got a guarantee of, of a place in heaven one day. And we've got a place, and, that, and, and with that comes an inheritance that's incorruptible and fades not away. And we've got a great place in heaven, and he assured the man of his destination. What that is, it's just his mercy on us. You know, if God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's his proving. And so he assured the man of his destination. We see Jesus' mercy. And really coming with that, we see lastly Jesus' power. And what it is, is he gives, he gives this man some declaration and he declares something. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt thou be with me in paradise. You know what that is? It's an affirmative. There was no question about that. And what we see lastly is Jesus' power. You know, this man had no time. He had no time to prove anything. <laughs> His next moments was death. There was no, there was no proving anymore. This, the, the, the thief's salvation wasn't based on anything he did and anything he could prove. It was all based on Jesus' power. It was all based on his word. It was all based on his promise. Hey, listen, none of us can cling to God. He's clinging on to us. And all of us here, we have a guarantee by his power. If you trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that you're saved, and it's not you holding on to him. He's holding on to you. His word binds us. His power binds us to the, to the reality of that. He says, today shalt thou be with me. 
And his statement declared really falsely the thief's security. And, and he, by that, really declares our security too. You know, none of us here, none of us here can declare or even assume that we have lived a perfect life ever since salvation. You know, the frustrating part of, of being a Christian is, is the fact that we still have this earthly tabernacle, this flesh that we have to contend with. And isn't it the truth that sometimes we, we know better and we still do wrong? We still, at times, and, and sometimes we don't even, again, feel deserving, and yet we, we aren't deserving, really. And the reality is that he, he declared that there's security there. We're accepted in the beloved. The Bible tells us, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto glory, unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. We know no man is able to pluck them out of your father's hand. And so if there was a time where you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, listen, it's by his power that you have security. And really this statement declared his victory over death. Because we understand that he says here, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. We understand that, that Jesus, he, he guaranteed that he would rise again. That this, this death was not the end in this statement really declared his victory over death. And, you know, we can read through and we can look at 1 Corinthians 15. We won't take the time tonight. But at the end of it, he says, Death, where is thy sting? A grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God who giveth us a big victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight we, we can understand as we observe the elements, we observe the, the bread which stands for and pictures the broken body of Christ. And we're going to have the grape juice, a, a, a great type and picture of the, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of that was on the cross. All, all of that to pay for your sins and mine. All of that to, to demonstrate again who he is. And he, he's found to be faithful. He's found to be a true savior. And tonight it'd be good for us to just remember. And so let's turn, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 11, and if the men could get ready in, in a little while as we take the time now to observe the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, notice verse 23. 